Welcome to Brad Yates' Sight Unseen. The voice you're hearing is not Brad. My name is Evan Greger. I'm a longtime uh, student, you could say, someone who's benefited greatly from Brad's work, a member of his mastermind group, which I highly recommend you check out and participate in if you can. And I thought it would be fun to have an interview with Brad for his podcast because you all know and love him, but we don't necessarily get to hear a lot about him and his background because he's always just giving and just doing taps for other people. And we don't get to hear much about your, really your backstory, how you got into it. I found some interviews with you about, you know, your kind of thoughts on EFT and some of your process. And we can get into that a little bit too, but um, maybe the, the sort of basic bio stuff that is often redundant in interviews, but I don't think a lot of us know it with you, even just kind of where you're from, um, brothers, sisters. <laughs> The, the... Oh, we're going to go deep today. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Evan. I appreciate it. And uh, and you left out of your introduction, also friend. We've known each other <laughs> for some time now. Oh, sure. Um, and uh, and I've always appreciated you and who you are and, and what you do in the world, both with your coaching and with your music. Oh, thank you. Evan's also a brilliant bassist. Uh, but yeah, so, well, it all started in Anaheim, California. <laughs> I was born, born in Anaheim and I, at a, at a hospital that no longer exists, they had to tear it down after I was born, I guess. Um, <laughs> and, but I was, my parents talk about how in the house where I was born, um, they used to sit in the backyard and watch the fireworks from Disneyland. Oh, wow. And, uh, I used to have nightmares that I was born underwater on the submarine ride. <laughs> <laughs> and then years later I went back and I worked the, I, I worked on the canoes there. I was a oh, David cool. Rocket Explorer canoe scout. But uh, yeah, I have uh, I have four sisters. Oh wow! I'm the second of five children, and uh, grew up up and down California with a with a brief stint in in Tunkhannock, Pennsylvania, just uh, just a little outside of Scranton. Interesting. <laughs> was, and actually, I think we were in, in Connecticut at one point too. But I was like two and three years old, so. Not a other lot of than, strong memories. <laughs> other than that, has because you're in the West Coast now still, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, almost the entire, most of my life was spent in uh, Northern California in the Bay Area. Great. With uh, a couple of years in Los Angeles. And then I went down and went to school in Southern California. And having four sisters, did that, do you feel that influenced you in any way or affected how you perceived things growing up? I think that's what pushed me into needing to study personal development and self-help. <laughs> it's like, I got a lot of stuff to work. <laughs> no, I have, I have four fantastic sisters I, and fantastic parents. I have been very blessed. At what age or what point did you discover something in this realm of, and was it more on the personal development side or was it more on the uh, spiritual type of side? Yeah. You know, I think that, what I always look back at as the start of this was when I was in my uh, early teens, I started getting interested in parapsychology and the paranormal. And I had, uh, I, I remember in my, I went to a boarding school and I had on my, uh, on the wall of my dorm room, um, newspaper clippings about Uri Geller. I was just so interested mm. about all these kinds of things. And it's when I was 15 that my dad said, I think you're ready for illusions. And this is a book by Richard Bach, who also wrote Jonathan Livingston, uh, Jonathan Livingston Siegel. And it's 
it's a law of attraction story. It's about this, this guy who's out, uh, you know, selling rides in his biplane and he meets another person and who is a, uh, a messiah. So it's the, the adventures of a reluctant messiah. So he said, you know, what if I could meet, you know, one of these people like Jesus who, you know, performed miracles and things like that. And so mm-hmm. it's the story of a guy who was doing that, but got tired of the crowds and, uh, and God gives him permission to just go out and be happy. So he just goes out and sells rides and biplanes too. And he starts teaching um, Richard about how the world is an illusion. It's just a, it's just a fun story and uh, really great introduction to law of attraction and how we manifest things. So, and I, I, and I looked a little bit at hypnosis when I was in high school and then didn't do much with that. So then it wasn't until years later when you know, I was pursuing my acting career and came back to Hollywood to be a movie star after traveling the world doing touring theater. And when uh, you know, met Christy, who you know, my wife, mm-hmm. and uh, we uh, fell in love, got married. And when our first kid was on the way, I thought, you know, I should probably have a backup career. And that's when I saw an ad for hypnotherapy school and thought, that would be really cool. I've always been fascinated by that. Let's, let's do that. Not exactly a steady paycheck kind of backup job, but, um, but it looked like something else that, uh, that might bring in some money. So I went to school. I started building a small practice. And after a couple of years, when our second child was on the way, that's when I realized, you know what, this is really what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. I love acting, but this personal development work is really what feels like my calling. And uh, Christy was on maternity leave and so, uh, and, and wasn't sure she wanted to go back to the job that she was working at. And so we thought, let's move to Northern California and be closer to our, um, our parents so that the kids will be closer to their grandparents. And that's when uh, I was on a... Um, like a group uh, text thing with some of the hypnotherapists and people were talking about this energy psychology conference in Las Vegas hmm. where this guy, Gary Craig is going to be talking about this EFT thing. That's a tapping process. And I'm like, all right, I'm game. I'll, I'll try. Mm-hmm. Out. And uh, just loved it, especially when Gary had us tapping on chocolate cravings and I went from a, a nine to a zero and you know, mm. didn't know it then, but for, for two years, didn't eat chocolate. I got wow. better. I, I, I recovered, <laughs> but, uh, but that was, but it was so profound at that moment. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky in that. Cause a lot of people, you know, were asking to learn about EFT and it's like, okay, I think I feel kind of better, but that was such a tangible thing of, okay, one moment, I really want a piece of chocolate. The next moment I, you know, trying to take a bite of it and it's disgusting and I could not wow do it. So it's like, okay, something, something just happened here. Okay. Yeah. Several, several threads there. So interesting yeah. that you're <laughs> interesting that your, your dad gave you that book. Does that mean that your dad had an interest in this realm himself? Was, uh, did he practice anything that you're familiar with? Or? He, uh, yeah, he explored, um, a number of, you know, different things and alternative thinking. Um, I'm going to get this name wrong. Um, Findhorn, I think, is the um, mm. this group of uh, sort of metaphysical advanced thinking group. Um, 
and uh, a number of um, different things he um, had learned from uh, Barry Kaufman, who wrote To Love is to Be Happy With, and given me a couple of books like that. Uh, all kinds of um, uh, of psychological things. And he'd gotten his, um, after having worked as an engineer for a long time, he'd gotten his uh, a PhD in um, organizational behavior. Hmm. I, wow. I, I believe was the, technically <laughs> what it is. <laughs> But was very interested in that psychological aspect of uh, of business, so that's that's where uh, that came from. And he had been a he had been a fan of um, Richard Bach's books for for some time, and uh, and then turned me on to them. And yeah, there's just all kinds of great stuff in there. So was he kind of instilling any of those things he was learning, or even directly teaching them to you, or was it just sort of something you observed? So not so much directly teaching, especially because at that point I was off at boarding school, so I wasn't around a whole oh, okay. lot. But it was definitely um, there were, you know, there were definitely things in his thought process that uh, that carried over, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's an interesting way of looking at that. And <laughs> very cool, yeah. And um, in in the book, illusions, uh, which character did you, did you identify with? more <laughs> oh definitely uh, definitely not the messiah <laughs> but, <Okay. laughs> but the but the guy learning rich the, the the protagonist richard is um you know stumbling trying to figure it out mm-hmm. uh and uh and it's yeah it's just I, I highly recommend anyone what's really interesting is that years later um you know i've become friends with a number of the people who were in the movie the secret yeah, Bob Doyle, Joe Vitale, Mike Dooley. And in conversations, I've talked about illusions and, and all of them have said, oh yeah, that was one of the first books that got me into this I, this realm oh, as well. Interesting. So I've, I've found that from, and a couple of other people since then. So That's interesting to hear because I've been interested in this world and I've known about you for probably 10 years and I actually never heard of it until... Uh, until you recommended it, so maybe some people here will I believe I sent check you a it copy out. Of it. Yeah, you did. Yeah, that's how. I, that's how <laughs> with a blue feather. <laughs> yeah. So hypnotherapy is heavily involved in your guided. Uh, I can't believe I'm blanking on the name since we hear it literally every yeah, week. But the yeah, I call guided, guided imagery, imageries, uh, yeah. because when you say hypnosis, still, some people still get uncomfortable with that uh, that term. Um, but it's the same process and yeah, I had done that for a long time and it was, it was really a great field for me to go into because I had this trained actor voice that was really helpful for the hypnotic process. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, uh, and for me, you know, if my uh, audience fell asleep, that was a good thing. But, (laughs) um, but I, when I learned EFT, I, I preferred the, the conscious process. I still love doing the guided images because it's such a nurturing process for, for body, mind, and spirit. Um, but I, I find that I can do, uh, I, I like the process of doing the work through the, uh, the tapping um, for, the, for the majority of the sessions. Yeah, which makes sense. I definitely have more questions about that. But since acting was sort of just briefly touched on, but it sounds like, I mean, that was really what you were going for. And was that from a young age? Did you know, was it sort of like me with music or maybe around teens? You're like, okay, this is, this is it. This is, this is what I'm going to do. And then. 
Yeah, you know, I I started in the three billy goats gruff in kindergarten. <laughs> um, I think that uh, where I first the, the got bitten by the bug, as they say. Yeah. Uh, and didn't really do much for a long time. I did some, you know, I was, I was interested in theater, did some stage managing. And then in high school started doing uh, small parts and then had the lead in a, um, in two different plays in mm. uh, my senior year, won the best actor award. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in a school of, uh, you know, 200 students. So <laughs> <laughs> Uh, big fish in a small pond. Um, so that was, you know, and I originally thought that I was going to major in psychology, but then I decided mm. to uh, major in drama Okay, and thought I, no, I'm really going to go for the acting thing. I was in college for three months mm. and then in the, um, drama office uh, at school, I went to UC Irvine. Uh, which was led by Dr. Robert Cohen, who's a phenomenal um, acting professor and has a, some great books out there. So it was a great program to go to. But I saw a, a notice about this British American Acting Academy, study acting in London. And I thought, hmm. wow, that would be cool. And I'd just been um, in the previous summer between high school and college with a good friend of mine had traveled around Europe, including several days in London and of course fallen in love with it. So I applied for this school and and got accepted within a couple of weeks oh, um, over Christmas vacation of my first quarter of being <laughs> college. So I'd only been in college for three months, and we came back to to school on uh, in January. And I held a party and um, at one point had had a toast and said, "Here's to all of my friends who I'm leaving tomorrow." <laughs> and said, "I'm going to study acting in London for the next six months." And uh, it was really funny because there's a girl that I had a crush on. And she then, when I left, left me with a note saying, I've had a crush on you. And it's like, oh, oh yeah. I spent six months in London yeah. pining over somebody um, back Absolutely. home. But, uh, but London was amazing. I was 18 years old living in one of the, you know, the most iconic cities in the world. Mm -hmm. And it was just a very small group, nine people. Oh, okay. From, um, from different parts of the world. And just very intense program, working with some phenomenal teachers who had worked at the uh, Royal um, Royal Academy, who um, the National Shakespeare Theater, the uh, Central School of Speech and Drama, and all, all kinds of um, prestigious places that I got to work with. And while I was there, I applied to um, Central, which is one of the, the main acting academies there. Um, didn't get accepted. And so, uh, <laughs> uh, so came, came back, um, home to, uh, to complete college in the States. And then right out of college, uh, a childhood friend of mine who had gone to the same university was in a children's theater. I didn't know it was a children's theater when I auditioned. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so and it was up close to where my, my parents lived. Um, I went to the audition and, and afterwards I'm talking to the director and he says, well, you know, we do the, the whole realm from uh, three little pigs to Cinderella. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that's the whole, Oh, this is a children's theater. <laughs> and it, but it was awesome. Like two years okay. I was with this company. Uh, I got to perform in Italy, Australia, Fiji, mm. Waukegan, Illinois, you know, all kinds of really exotic locations. 
and uh, I had a blast, but then after two years, uh, realized, okay, this is, um, I, I want to move on from here. And right about the time, uh, I was like, we were in Detroit doing um, a, a play about Amelia Earhart, and I was standing in the wings, and it just hit me, I think I'm done. <laughs> mm. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, that's how it, how it happens. Yeah. yeah. And strangely, <laughs> strangely, uh, like within a few days, I was, uh, had a phone call with one of my buddies from college who said, Hey, I've got a line on a two bedroom apartment in studio city. Have you ever thought about coming back to Los Angeles? Mm. <laughs> it was like, as a matter of fact, so headed back to LA, uh, you know, I, I, did my uh, my bit parts? I played a doctor on TV on Days of Our Lives. I yeah. had a um, I took a bribe from Scorpio's brother on uh, on General Hospital. I um, I I had a I had a line in Chaplin. Yeah, that was a now that was a cool uh, law of attraction story. So oh great, I had um, I just looking for odd things to do. I. I put in for a, um, to, to be, uh, an extra on, um, Mr. Saturday night with Billy Crystal. Mm. They didn't, they didn't bring me in for that. They said, but we've got this other film that we need people for, um, Chaplin. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> and right about this time, this, the school that I'd gone to as a kid and my mom had been a teacher there the principal of that school had moved to Scottsdale, Arizona to retire. And they, uh, and one of their neighbors was this British director named Brian Forbes, who uh, was married to a British actress named Nanette Newman. Some people uh, listening to this might actually go, oh, of course I know who those people are. Mm -hmm. um, yep. uh, Brian Forbes is a pretty significant director particularly in, 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 in British films. Um, but, uh, you know, I thought, oh, well, that's, that's interesting. Um, you know, didn't give it a whole lot of thought until I found out that I was going to be in, in this, in Chaplin. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do some research on Attenborough because if I have the chance to meet him, you know, I want to be well-educated enough to, you know, talk to him and maybe I'll, I'll get my SAG card, you know, one of the things you can do to get your Screen Actors Guild um, membership is to be what's called Taft Hartley, where on a job they bring you into the union. So I had, um, so I was renting all these, I was down at Blockbuster and I'm renting all these videos, uh, all these Attenborough films. And and I'm walking along and I see this, this box. This is, you know, back in the days of Blockbuster where they had the VHS tapes and the big boxes. <laughs> And there's a film mm. called Whistle Down the Wind with Alan Bates, one of the greatest British actors, mm. love Alan Bates. And, uh, and I looked at it and it says directed by Brian Forbes. And I thought, oh, that's cool. That's the guy that Mr. Warner lives next to. I'll pick that up too. I get home. I put Whistle Down the Wind into the VHS and up come the credits, an Attenborough Forbes production. Brian Forbes and Richard Attenborough are uh, production partners. Mm. I was like, oh my God. 
So I tell my mom, hey, can you get me in touch with the Warners? And, uh, and I sent a note explaining. Like two days later, my phone rings. And I pick it up and there's this British voice saying, hello, this is, Brad, this is Brian Forbes. Wow. Brian Forbes calls me and he says, look, I haven't spoken to Dickie in a while, but I'll see what I can do. Wow. So I write a note to, um, to Sir Richard and, uh, and I get on the set and at some point someone comes over to me and says, are you, are you Brad Yates? Come with me. And brings me over to where Richard Attenborough is. And uh, he says, so when did you speak to Forbesy? <laughs> and it was just delightful. Gave me a um, gave me a, a, a quick bit where it's this scene in the castle with uh, where um, Kevin Klein is playing Douglas Fairbanks, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Chaplin is introducing the characters of Douglas Fairbanks and Mary Pickford. And uh, he says, there she is, America's sweetheart. And Mary Pickford comes in through this entrance with, uh, and I'm the one escorting her in. And, and it was like, oh, this is really cool, mm -hmm. but I can't get a SAG card if I don't have a line. Mm. So uh, <laughs> I go up to Academy Award winning Sir Richard Attenborough and said, were you going to give me a line here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he says, oh, yes. When you come in, say, have a good time. But at the end, it wasn't it wasn't picked up on the mic. It doesn't count. And uh, oh, oh well. Geez. So after the this was a two day shoot um, on, on this scene, I, I run up to uh, Sir Richard uh, after the shoot. I see him walking by himself, and I give him a photo and resume. I said, "Thank you so much for that bit. That was really exciting to uh, have that special scene." He goes, "Oh, my pleasure. Maybe we'll have you back if we can." Wow. And they did bring me back and right. he did write a line in specially for me. And I got my SAG card. Wow. <laughs> that is a great story. And of you, you know, capitalizing on it when it happened and being willing to, because that's uncomfortable. And that's, that's the step. I think that's often, you know, something comes up, but then you still have to have the willingness to, you know, yeah. introduce yourself and say, is it possible to get a line? And, we talk ourselves out of so many things. Mm -hmm. I, I wish I had known tapping back then because there's many other places where fear did get the better of me and I didn't take yeah. um, actions that could have done something. But I would like to think that if I had done that, I might've had a more successful acting career and I wouldn't be doing what I do now. Mm -hmm. And I love what I do so much. I can't, I, you know, I'll look at um, people's certain people's acting careers and I'll go, that's a great career, but I wouldn't trade what I have. Mm. That's great. And so the fact that you were going to double major or that you were going to major in psychology means there was always sort of a dual interest yeah. happening. There's and always that interest in, in behavior and why we do what we do. And did you use any other, if you weren't tapping before then, did you find some practices or things you were doing? Cause acting is at least as brutal. I always think probably more brutal than, than music. And that's really how, you know, I don't know how I would survive the day-to-day the, the -day of it without some of these meditative type of tools. So was that part of your acting process in any way? Or? Unfortunately, no. Mm. <laughs> like I, had any, I didn't have any real self, um, uh, 
self-help techniques at that time. I was listening to, I mean, I, you know, studied some self-help things. I had a bunch of, you know, um, uh, Nightingale Conant mm -hmm. audio programs. Yeah. And uh, I went through landmark training. Mm, interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, that you know, some people go, oh, landmark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a I lot understand. of there's a lot of great information in there mm -hmm. and it can be, you know, and there are some people who can take it really far. Absolutely. <laughs> Leave it at that. Um, you know, so there were, there were definitely things that, uh, you know, that I was learning in, in, in all kinds of different ways in, in terms of how to um, expand our behavior and, and our thought processes. Oh, great. And yeah, so you had a, good career I mean, you were on television you had different things happening and just felt that transition you said partly as a practicality with the birth of your uh first child to get into hypnosis and yeah. and at what po point you mentioned it broadly but was there a specific event or after the eft where it became clear you wanted to pursue it that you could actually be a eft coach or go in that direction yeah, so the, uh, when I had been doing the hypnotherapy for a couple of years and had a, had a small practice, and so I uh, said so right about that time, our second child was on the way, and I um, was part-time renting my hypnotherapy office out to another hypnotherapist, mm -hmm. and her husband was a uh, fairly well-known um, character actor, had been around oh, okay. for ages. And, and he uh, said, uh, he agreed to introduce me to his agent. Mm. And I kind of just had this feeling of, you know what, if with an agent like this, I could actually be in the game. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work out with this agent, I think I might be done. Okay. Cause I, this is, cause this is, I really love what I'm doing. And so with the hypnotherapy and, um, and this guy was, the agent was great. He said, Hey, Brett, I, I think you're great. You're, you're a great actor. Uh, you know, right now there are six guys just like you getting all the work in your category. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, yep. he says, I just, I don't know that, uh, that I'd be able to do much for you. And it was like, and I, I was totally peaced because I loved the hypnotherapy. I was like, you know what? this is, this feels right. And the great thing is that I was doing a play at the time. And for the first time I was doing a play where I wasn't trying to get industry people to come and see me. And I just did it for the love of acting. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the best performances I gave. And one of, one of my hypnotherapy clients was a Tony award-winning actor. Mm. And he came to the play and he said, you are an effing great actor. Wow. That's <laughs> great. Like, okay. That's high praise from a Tony award-winning yeah. So, uh, and it, and, and so much of it was that I, I was just enjoying the work as opposed to, can this get me a job? Can get, this get me a job? Yeah, that is some of an energy I know well when it's, you know, it's your paycheck also. Yeah. That, that and I think having I, that in I, the background. In terms of what you said about it being um, more challenging than music, only because there are more people going for each job because as a musician, you have to meet a certain bar of eligibility. <laughs> mm -hmm. As an actor, 
anybody can walk in and go for an acting job. I'm not saying I anybody see. can be an actor. And uh, I could literally walk in with no training and audition. absolutely. And if they liked your look, you know, and they said, right. oh, you're just, you know, but I can't just walk into any musical audition and go, um, you know, and play the three chords I know on the guitar and say, <laughs> can I have the gig? <laughs> that makes sense. There's just, there's more equivalent of like playing at a restaurant, these sort of things that as a musician, you can kind of supplement that I feel like more challenging with with the acting world. There, there aren't as many just, yeah, I'll, I'll just do these sort of side jobs. And even those, everyone is going for them kind of thing. Yeah. Anything that's open. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Well, I think maybe we can call it there. And if uh, I think a part two could be getting more into the, into the mechanics of your, of your tapping um, just to, to break it up and, and let this be more about your personal life. And then people want to hear a little more about the, um, what you do and how you do it, which I think might be fascinating. We can uh, jump be. on over to I part two. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Evan. This, is, this has been great. It's, been, it's fun, you know, reading up, leading up to the backstory of um, to where I found EFT because, you know, mm -hmm. then the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> Came home from Gary, meeting Gary Craig, introduced EFT into my hypnotherapy sessions, little by little it became tapping sessions. And then there's YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I'll make one, I'll make one video and call it tap of the morning. And, and that's all I'll do. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that'll be, that'd be interesting to talk about how that all developed and how the YouTube and how that translated into, you know, working with different people and people finding you from YouTube and all that yeah. stuff. So, and now hopefully they'll find me here on, uh, yes. on this podcast. Tap of the bread, sight unseen. <laughs> yeah. I hope you're enjoying the podcast and tapping along with the videos and, uh, head on over to part two. Thanks so much, Evan. All right. Take care.